Let's just see if you can record on your end as well. Okay, I'm going to hit start recording. Before we do these snacks by telling people they're being recorded. Rich, you're being recorded. Oh, am I? You are. Are you recording as well? Can you can you I've also just hit record? record now? So welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and uh, our co-host, uh, man of letters, man of words made out of those letters, Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good, Rich. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to keep surprising you, you see, at the start of the show. I think it's a fun... Uh, see if I can I get like a, chuckle, a chuckle out I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> I have a little bit of business to get into before we get going. Okay. Um, as long-time listeners know, we're on the Sheffield Wednesday Podcast Network, ARAL. Um, I'd like to do a plug for the uh, one of my favorite shows, uh, WCF with Alban Abdi. Every week, Alban <laughs> Abdi interviews another player who's... Uh, Gone from high levels of uh, great esteemed career and clutch defeats and, you know, made a real mess of things. And make you will say WTF. Alman Abdi, the Sheffield Wednesday legend, will be giving tales of his time stealing a wage at Sheffield Wednesday uh, in a delightful fashion every week. So, yeah, so just one of the many great ne- great shows on the ERAL network. Yeah, sorry, Rich, I just had to get the plug in, you know. ERL Network, lovely. I, I, the episode where him and Gilles de Bilder uh, bond over uh, ways that they managed to sort of screw an extra few thousand out of Wednesday for uh, for pets and sundries. Ah, oh, it's a delight. I enjoyed the Wim Yonk episode, my favourite one. Oh. That, was, that was a good one. Famously sat down, took his shin pads off and said, I'm sore, never played again. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> And the, the great tips for negotiating a contract to uh, have them play you an appearance bonus, even if you've never played, that oh. was that was good tips. Top tips. Beautiful stuff. Mm. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna launch into th- something now uh, with a uh, a few just a, a few minor presses. Breaking hoo hoos. So breaking Bre- hoo hoos. We breaking uh, hoo hoos. We secured a. Uh, a very creditable draw with Espanol. Indeed. Uh, I'm just going to run through a couple of headlines. We can, we can, we can sort of get. Uh, Kieran Lee is officially signed on and uh, here for another year. He's the uh, the embargo on Bongo is uh, Gongo, and yes. um, and and maybe there's some new names in the in the managerial mix as well. So a few things to cover. Uh, breaking hoo-hoos wise. Yeah, and we're starting to see some more kind of foreign names come into the mix. Uh, Rui Costa, the assistant manager at Wolves, and what's the gentleman's name? Lorenzo, uh, Mauricio Pochettino's mate, who is oh. going to introduce. That was the one that kind of broke yesterday. Um, the Sun journalist Alan Nixon was talking about that one. I, I keep wanting to say Lorenzo Amas or whatever, Lovas or whatever it is, but that's not that's not his name at all. That's the name of someone else completely. Something Lorenzo, something Lorenzo, I think is his name. He's, he's be a great mate. If his of, name was actually something Lorenzo. Something Lorenzo. Yeah. yeah. Catchy. 
I don't think yeah. would you you I don't think you'd forget it, would you? If it was something or what's his face? What's his face, Lorenzo? <laughs> Shut up at your face, Lorenzo. Johnny Foreigner, that could be another good name as well. <laughs> All names that I Doesn't think. Doesn't he play really... for Wolves? Does play for Wolves. Yeah. He just goes by Johnny, but the full name, I believe. <laughs> So, basically, if you're looking to change your name to appease yourself to the British public, there's a few options. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so, some new, more names, more names, more names to throw into the mix. We don't want to spend too long on that because it'd be a lot of, I think we did a lot of umming and humming and sighing and unging on previous podcasts. I did notice a lot of sighing on the previous uh yeah, the previous outing. <laughs> I mean, it, it, sighing is in our general nature as Wednesdayites, isn't it, Rich? Let's be honest. I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of uh, how we communicate, really. Just different grades of sigh, a bit like um, Chewbacca. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Collective groan. Um, yeah. So, well, I mean, there's a bit of. Um, Hewton's kind of in, he's out, he's in, he's out. We don't know whether any of those are actual real positions that he's... The, the Hewton Cokey. Yes. Yes, the Hewton Cokey. The dance craze that is sweeping across Hillsborough. <laughs> yeah. I think he's still the standout candidate, um, but Nixon seems to be... He generally knows things slightly ahead of time. I know whether people sort of question whether it's... Um, you know the validity of his uh, his uh, suggestions, but uh, he's sort of say, saying that it's probably going to be somebody not currently in the mix or somebody new, a new name, isn't he? Mm. Which is which is strange because I mean we, I don't know. Well, it just feels kind of cruel to go against. <laughs> I feel we've all done a lot of kind of emotional and mental lifting regarding the names on the list to the point where you're like. Oh, they could be okay you know yes. and then it takes you a lot of time to get there it takes you a lot of takes you a lot of gary gary rowett reps to get to, yes. to build up that muscle to be yeah. like oh, it'd be okay I, I remember doing the exact same thing with megson for years megson was like the kind of uh, this dark specter that could get the job <laughs> and <laughs> and it was always oh no the and then we got to the point, I think maybe Irvin kind of warmed us up to the point or warmed us down uh, to the point where actually just seemed like actually, he's the only guy. He's that he's that we ha- it has to be Megson. Uh, and I, I can kind of convince I could have convinced myself to do the same thing with Rowett, I think, at this stage, because I'd rather somebody than nobody. Yeah. And I can point to enough positives to make myself feel good about it, at least ahead of time. Exactly, exactly, and that's and that's what we always do with um, so we do with any kind of transfers or any kind of people coming in or going out of the club. There's enough kind of theorizing, and you can you can probably convince yourself anything, right? Yeah. So I feel like I've convinced myself in retrospect that Richard Hines was quite good as a right back. <laughs> But I think it was purely like he was passable at, for that level of time in a world of Brian Law's teams where like Sean McAllister was um, seemingly pulling up trees. 
as a as a centre midfielder. Well, sure, yeah, Sean McAllister now um, play playing his wonderful trade here at, in uh, in Chester, um, playing for the the uh, Swansway massive um, <laughs> Bumper Lane Stadium. It's a uh, it's a delight. It's a treat for me because I still I do still love Sean. Um, it's 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 nice to see him in his dotage, uh, still looking pretty good. At a, at a much lower level. Excellent. That's good to know. So um, there's all similarly not very much to say uh, embargo-wise, but it's nice that it's officially not in place. Sure. So there's, a, you know, there's. it's kind of like a, a previously like a, a weird untapped potential, right? Yeah. I guess. It's like, well, we could potentially go and sign... You know Gareth Bale, or you know, but it's not going to happen. Well, I don't know. That move to China has now fallen through mysteriously. Um, perhaps we're poised to move in. Poised to bring the um, the Welsh monkey boy Gareth Bale to Hillsborough. The Welsh monkey samurai boy, yeah, he is. Yes, samurai gas. I think we could find a place for him. I think so. I think we could squeeze him in. I think he'll be back up for Palmer on that left-back slot. <laughs> if he's lucky. If he's lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, me, it frees us up to hopefully do a bit like we did um, with the last big transfer window, maybe go out and get a few key loan signings that that uh, can make a difference that's the fact yeah i think the fact about having not any restrictions on the loan signings i know we're all levels of um you know armchair football manager punditry but it's it seems to be minorly kind of common knowledge that is there's kind of limitations on embargoes for like wages you can pay yeah i think it's something like 11 and a half grand a week which is um the FA has uh, dictated to be the minimum wage uh, for a championship player. I like this. I like leading into the quite specific sounding figure of eleven and a half thousand to uh, with uh, with something like something like ten thousand two hundred and fifty pounds and seventy five p. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a ballpark figure. It's just a ballpark yeah. figure. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so hopefully it's a sort of wait and see, a bit like the managerial post. Yeah, um, and presumably, if we're going to get players in, it's going to be um, it's going to be generally good additions rather than anything specific that we're sure. You um, there's no much you saw minutes. the did you see the rumor of uh, Ben Tan potentially? Oh, I haven't seen that, but that's uh. That's an exciting, uh, tantalising thought. It's only it's only seven years too late to uh, be bringing still, Ben Marshall there's, back. There's still some stepovers in those legs. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been converted to a fullback now. So your wingback. So I guess he. There we go. We are getting challenged for Liam Palmer at the left back berth. Yeah. Yeah. He's um he's had more clubs than I've had um, hot dinners. He has. He's he's kicked around a lot, a bit like Jordan Rhodes. He seems to sort of get clubs by him when they're on the cusp, 
and then don't deem him not quite good enough when they actually make it. That, so Marshall a couple of times. It has Marshall's at Norwich now. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I I, I think it's still decent cover. Might I hope. Be. I I don't know if we're still going to have our. Um, if we're really blinded by the time that he spent previously with us, as a young, hungry whippersnapper, just tearing League One a new one. But I think he's, I think he's played a good a number of games pretty much every season since he left us at a decent level. That might be based on nothing. And I guess he's also like you. You've mentioned that he's someone who he's often gone to different places. Um, you know, being signed by them. But I think he's had a fair few loan stints. Yes, I'm trying to. Um, oh I'm, I'm looking on a, an app that is not built for um, football stats, and I should just go somewhere that will actually tell me what he's been up to <laughs> in his life. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to besmirch that app? For the for the audience, uh, it's flash scores, which is very good at what it does. Uh, it is, but for career retrospectives, it's not there, it's not, is it? No, it's definitely like something they've shoehorned in towards the end of uh, its its working life. So yes, quite a lot of loans, a lot of loans, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of loans. A couple of stints at Millwall, he's been on loan. Yeah. He was a Wolves. I forgot he was a Wolves. He's actually, yeah, he's not played a lot of football in the last two or three years. He's been a bit part player everywhere. Blackburn, Blackburn, he seemed to sort of clock up a fair few appearances. 120. I was never sure why it never really worked out for him at Leicester. That was a strange one. Yeah. Leicester's a strange team. Hmm. In some ways. But yeah, he sort of played 15 times a season on average since then, I think. Something like that. Yeah, it looks that way. Anyway, that's anyway. um, no, someone like linked it. in, I... and I think it'd be decent. <laughs> I think it's more bodies. It's more um, just to the post-match interview, which we'll, we'll get onto the friendly. But the post-match interview with Lee Bullen just now, he was saying that it was nice to see that he'd say that we'd like another winger another midfielder, another centre-back. Right, yes. And I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it for biz for our business. And then there's basically just a question of how are we juggling the endless, you know, the, uh, the sheer, you know, the, the whole squad of strikers that we have, almost. Well, that Marshall, potentially, I wonder if there might be some form of swap... In the offing, whether but he's um, I guess the interesting thing though, actually, like Ben Marshall has actually left. He's left Norwich by mutual cons- consent. Oh, he's, he's gone. Okay, he's a free agent. So right. Oh well, and it's interesting with that because that usually, you know, the usual mutual consents usually kind of indicate that they've got somewhere in mind that they're going to next. Yes, though sometimes it's basically just let's just get him out of the club. Um, yeah. Interesting. Sometimes it's an it's a prior arrangement with the team, isn't it? Just to get them off the books. Mm. 
I think it was interesting because another player we were linked with heavily under Bruce, which I know like Bruce is a big fan of, uh, Catamol. I think oh, yeah. uh, Lee Catamol got his contracts paid up, ripped up at uh, Sunderland. And I think he's still a free agent from what I'm seeing. Yeah, he's still a free agent. How did you, how's that one grab? I just done quite a side there, not to give away my uh, viewpoint. <laughs> but <laughs> that wasn't a passing horse. That was um, a bit of a preview of how I feel about the prospect of having Lee Catamol, very much a cart horse of a it wasn't. It wasn't from your stable that you um, <laughs> no. you own next to Mr. Michael Owen, because you're both <laughs> you're both big horse fanciers, Rich. Oh, oh, we are. And you no. both have and you both have Chester Links as well, so you're both exactly. in the back <laughs> of the woods. This is yeah. the more I think about it, I've so I've now what I'm doing, Rich, is I'm setting up <laughs> a series of pictures on a chalkboard, not a chalkboard, sorry, a pinboard. And you know I've got the um, lots of red string, lots of red string. I'm doing the whole uh, Charlie and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Pepe Sylvia, yes, chain smoking, on. chain smoking. Yeah, <laughs> I told you that Pepe Sylvia's uh, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> oh, very nice. I yes. know that's one of those things you learn, and then you're like you're kicking yourself, yeah, afterwards. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Lee Catamol. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if I feel like that. Maybe hopefully that's kind of dead. I um, I'm not sure how much like older legs we need. I we think really yeah, it's one of the legs in the middle in the engine room, so to speak. It's one of those you could see. I can I could do the mental gymnastics to make it seem worthwhile <laughs> when when Bruce was in place you know this is a guy he knows inside out he's going to be his guy in the dressing room yeah yeah kind of assistant manager type you know i could kind of see all those things when you take steve steve bruce out of the uh, equation it's uh there's wholly unappetizing isn't it it's uh, there's just there's nothing to going for it surely he's going to want quite a serious wage i would imagine still and how many games are you going to get out of him? And what does he even do now? I mean, he was just one of those kind of guys that sort of chased the ball around and kicked anybody that had it, wasn't he? That's what I sort of remember Lee Catamol as. That's what he does. That's what he's in the market for, and that's on his um, business card. Yeah. You know, I'm looking down at the very depressing article. Did you see? Uh, <laughs> I saw that uh, somebody on Twitter is on LinkedIn with Darren Gibson. <laughs> Oh yes, and Darren Gibson's now marketed and put on, he's put on LinkedIn as a free agent. So don't 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 you worry, everybody. Like people <laughs> people will now know that Darren Gibson is a free agent, and I'm sure he'll get some LinkedIn in mail from some football recruiters. Um, but on did a similar mentality, did he list his credit as the baddie of the uh, Netflix documentary? He should have done. He should have done. I'd like to see what kind of keywords he bolsters his uh, LinkedIn profile with. Yeah, villain number two in Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) I was the henchman to Jack Rodwell. I was the one that went out and got paralytic and slagged off all of my teammates, the manager and everything else (laughs) about the club, including the fans, to the fans. Or maybe it's more like a band. You know, like you get people that are on like vibes. 
but just with him, it's just bad vibes. <laughs> he's not even. He's not even. I'm looking at his LinkedIn profile now, Rich. He's not even put all his experience up. No. No, it makes him seem like he's maybe he's doing it to see like he's a young whippersnapper. Maybe. So he's not got like um, promising youngster Manchester United. There's the, nothing there. He's just is. listed. Unless it's uh, this is what I can see as a third part. You know, we're not connected. Unfortunately, everybody, Darren and I aren't connected on LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, he's not even got a he's not even got a decent background behind his picture. He's got a professional po- profile picture that will put him up in the algorithms. People searching for footballers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joel Lynch, who I believe is training with uh, Dem Blavdis, oh, um, he's got LinkedIn Premium. Oh, he's got a nice gold uh, enterprising LinkedIn. young man. Enterprising. Oh. And he's a free agent at New Era Global Sports Limited. So he's listed his agency. This is all very... I'm going to look at his profile. This is all very swanky. <laughs> he's saying he's looking for new business ventures and investments. Open to all ideas, dot, dot, dot. Plus new shinnies. Plus new shinnies. <laughs> he's, he's listed all of his previous playing history. Which well, at least is, he's doing it properly. He is. Anyway, we've we've gone down. Sorry, a tangent. We've the, the thing I wanted to down a weird rabbit hole. LinkedIn rabbit hole. But <laughs> if, if Lee Catamol had a LinkedIn uh, profile, <laughs> I I would endorse him for kicking players in the middle of the park if that was a skill. That do you, you think? Have he just, do you think? Do you think he described his time at Sunderland as Mister Bite Your Legs? <laughs> I always loved was it some people talked about when we had James O'Connor and he's, he's more of a he's more of a terrier kind of barking at you know yes we barks at your heels I'm like yeah that was that was James O'Connor oh, I, I heard him. him described as a ratter's dog at times <laughs> <laughs> more fit for rat catching than the football. <laughs> <laughs> He's an O'Connor dog. He was bred for catching rats. There we go. <laughs> and seal claps. And seal claps. I love James O'Connor. I would love it. Do you think even like we've gone up in level of standard over the years and like, you know, the championship has gone up in standard. Yeah. Right? Like the we've talked about, you know, I've talked about Mr. Sean McAllister, who fair play did a good stint, but I don't think he would or would he? I don't know. We we got a, like we got a lot of mileage under laws under some not so great players. Yes, and he was one who we, he did really well for us, and we got a lot of mileage out for him. And even though I feel bad for you know kind of slagging him off a bit, you know, he, yeah, thank you, Sean McAllister, for your <laughs> for your service during those those times. But if we had like a younger James O'Connor. He was, he'd almost be at the standard. He'd be better than Pelopessi, you'd think, yeah. if we had. Yeah. Uh, y- yeah. <laughs> Maybe. This is a weird comparison with, like, it's almost going to, like, football games with, like, how how good would, um, how good would Pele be up against, uh, <laughs> up against Aguero? Yeah. And, like, we've done the math. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I, we we do need someone who's 
you know, in that defensive midfielder role, that would yes. be someone I think we really need. Um, do you think this, like, what do we, uh, I, I guess there's still the question, we're still building the kind of squad out and it's getting better, but like, who, what do we, uh, get? the question is still there, what do we do when Bannon's not there? Yes. Certain players, though, apart I from feel... Prey, like, apart from Prey, apart from Prey, and uh, yeah. make some sacrifices to the playmaking gods. Things <laughs> like that. You know, apart from that. Apart from that. But we're... I think even at the top level, even teams like Man City, certain players bring an irreplaceable sort of... Oh, dear. I'm thinking of a bad word here, but a bouquet of sort of skills... <laughs> You know, <laughs> to 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 um, to uh, bring my sort of inner apprentice candidate to the uh, to the fore. Um, when you said when you also when you said bouquet, you also gave me flashbacks to your impersonation of Paul Cook. So that was uh... listen, Barry Bannon's a sort of guy. He's bringing the bouquet. He's bringing the bouquet of skills. Right? You got your chrysanthemums. You know. You got your tulips. There's <laughs> roses. He's got some thorns on those roses, you know. <laughs> I just really so love doing his voice. Oh dear. Um <laughs> But like I think Bannon is as close to a kind of irreplaceable player as you, you sure. get at, at our level. So we won't really have a, a like for like for him or reach, but mm. have we got people that can sort of do a job? The worry is that midfield today looked quite nice at times, but how often we can rely on Lee and Hutch being fit alongside Bannon? Is- yeah, I know that's that's the whole thing, um, and that's and and that's the thing. I also, think about centre backs, and I'm like, I, I had been thinking to myself today, especially after the watching the preseason friendly. Mm-hmm. I always forget about Iorfa being a centre-back. I think I yes. more think him as a full-back and a, a right-back, and he's really, really good in that role. But I I don't know how I'd feel about him at centre-back. I'd like to see it before I guess, but my worry is he's quite... He looks like he's got an error in him. <laughs> mm. He's got a ricket in him. and uh, Although, um, well, yeah, yeah. Olibajo sort of... Uh, really, sort of played a through ball through our own defence today, didn't he? So he did. He did. Um, good to get you get those out of the way in pre-season, so that they don't yeah. season. <laughs> we all, all professional football players. I just want to just scythe the ball through the our back four <laughs> and create a nice little lovely bit of playmaking what for I the opposition. Do, yeah, I want to stop, look up, see where the two centre-backs are and play the ball directly through them fast enough that uh, neither of them will be able to recover in time. <laughs> exactly. It's a niche all professional footballers have. So, should we do the friendly? Let's do the friendly, yeah. Um... <clears throat> So you were, um, as you were saying to me prior to starting the podcast, Rich, you uh, had a bit of an emergency. Bit of an emergency plumbing situation. That's actually plumbing rather than euphemism for anything else. Um. (laughs) So the the bright lights of of a preseason friendly against Espanyol kind of was 
outside of your focus at that point? Really? Um, I, it was on. I was distracted. But uh, I, I saw all the goals. I was also told about the goals before they happened uh, through the wonders of flash scores. So um, it was a bit like getting a spoiler for a film. This is why I turn off flash score during um, mm. during the whole um, when I'm following when I'm watching stuff, you know, on a mild delay. Though sometimes it's been nice because sometimes I've you know previously got so upset with watching Wednesday as I'm prone to do that, you know, I've turned it off and then I've been told there's a goal and I'm like, oh, I'll turn it back on and see what happens. Just as the opposition scores again, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and then that happens as well. That's another thing as well. Well, but, it, um, yeah, I think normally once we get into the season, I, I'm kind of trained to not look, like just wait and see what happens in the game. And if it, if the nothing happens for five minutes, then you can have a look at your phone because it's somebody else texting or something. To the point where sometimes I'm at the football, my phone buzzes, and I think, yes. oh no, there's a goal coming, which is really <laughs> I, stupid. I did exactly the same when <laughs> when I was when I was was it last season? I was back in Sheffield with you. Yeah. And we watched uh, we watched the Bullens' first game. Oh yes! After Luke getting sacked, and I had the same complex. <laughs> and I'm really, like, Luke, uh, you, have, you really... need to need to reassure yourself that there's nothing quicker than the light from your eyes to where the play is, which is about you know 100 <laughs> meters away. But it feels, yeah, it feels it feels like that. I get that. It's it's a it's a 21st century kind of maybe it's a black mirror episode in the making maybe although i do um so i believe this is real actual science if you uh stand at the base of big ben with a radio on an old-fashioned radio dab puts too much of a delay in but because because the microphone for the uh and, and you put your radio onto radio for the bongs happen on the radio before they get to you from the tower in real life. So like you hear them quicker through the radio than actually hearing them from the tower that wow. you're directly underneath. God, what, what edutainment we serve up on this podcast, oh, Rich. That's, there's no extra charge for that either. I love how no one talks about edutainment anymore because we've all decided that it's just lame. <laughs> that we decided, like, if you're not getting enough value or enough education, you know, you're not getting en- enough engagement out of education, then it's just awful. So it's just this awful, awful term. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So the, uh, to be honest, the, my main thing from the game was that both of Espanyol's goals were absolute stonkers. They were, especially that first goal. The first goal, yeah, that was um, that was lovely. Nice, lovely little curve into the corner. Um, I feel less, I feel less concerned about that one, considering it's like I'd probably give him the space from a defender to be like, "What are they going to do?" And then you're like, "Oh, yeah, that was oh, they can do really, that." You know, the second goal we talked about a little bit already. You know, Mozart Abadju being a negative playmaker. Um, and we've had a few negative playmakers at Hillsborough. You talked about Lil Joey doing it. Lil Joey. Lil Joey's got a penchant for such a thing. Um, yeah, but even, yeah, that was a fantastic goal as well. The second goal, that was a really quality finish. 
but by the a... Wu, Wu Li, the Chinese international who plays for Espanol. Wu and Li. then the, um, I don't know if you saw the camera cut to. Absolutely. Ten, uh, quite strange to see. Ten Chinese fans who are waving the China flag. And also who were heavily featured on the Espanol um, Twitter social afterwards yeah like there's a picture say oh thanks uh thanks see you sheffield and then there's a picture of all the fans and i'm like these aren't the players <laughs> it's very very strange i was like is this a yeah. is this a fan account no it was genuinely the the actual espanol account so whatever very whatever but um some of the play in the first half i thought was really good there's some good link-up play um <clears throat> I can't believe I said this, but I think it's probably the most impressive, even though he didn't do fantastic amounts. But seeing Zhao on the left wing and actually having some good link-up play with Palmer, Mm. probably the best I think we've seen of Zhao in the wing role, which still kind of baffles me, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, I've got. I like. I like Joao. I, that's clearly he's got physical gifts. It's just. I'm. I'm starting to get to the point where is it? It's not just that he's frustrating. It's that he surprisingly sometimes has good performances rather than the other way around. That he's a good player that has frustrating performances. Because mm. the yeah, the rubbish stuff seems to so far outweigh. The good stuff. I know, and there's been talk of Zhao handing in a transfer request, which I'm not sure how truthful that is, or whether that's just, um, or whether that's just uh, agents doing little bits in the media. Um, and then rumors of, I think, Bristol City being interested. Mm. And I know there was talk on, you know, forums about, well, you know, he'd, he'd be a player who'd do really well for Bristol City, and they'd buy and get him firing, and then you know, sell him on for a nice hefty bit of profit because they do have that, you know, the the model of flipping players for, for good money. But I, I still feel with that and thinking about that, doing that mental gymnastics with that one, it's um, like, can he really find any great consistency anywhere? I, I don't know what the factor is that if he's not finding any consistency that he's not getting at Wednesday. Yeah, I don't think there's a doubt that he's been mismanaged at Wednesday. I think there seemed to be some sort of ego clash with Carlos um, because they sort of seem to rise alongside each other. Um, And then every good performance was met with being dropped. And actually that's followed him later on in his Wednesday career. You know, he'll have one good showing and then he, he either doesn't start the next game or doesn't start for weeks um, which I, I appreciate would make it very hard to kind of build momentum as a player. But there's also been times where he's got, you know, he's come on and had a great cameo substitute appearance and then gone. Yeah. You know, got the start of the next game and then done absolutely nothing for an hour and a half. <clears throat> I guess there's always the argument and it feels that especially regarding strikers is, do you have, do you have the allowance to give strikers like 10, 15 games to get any kind of great level of consistency going. There's always this argument about, oh, he needs games to get going. And it's like... Yeah, and to be fair, he's never had that, I don't think. 
Well, I think he had that at the end of last. Was at the end of the season under um, the Carvajal Luque hybrid yes. season. Yeah. You know, him and New You seemed to kind of put up some minutes and partnerships together, and both both seemingly play, played for a contract and did well. Though I think Jao had another year at that point. I think, mm-hmm. but um, I guess so. But then it's just do we. There's always a question, especially when you have as many strikers as we do, how much liberty do you have to give these strikers? Yeah. And then that was definitely a situation like we had to hope that Nuyu and Jiao would come up with the goods because Hooper was injured. Um, I think Rhodes was Rhodes on loan at that point. Maybe Winnall was on loan. Fletcher yeah. was injured. Like we, we didn't have a choice. Basically, yeah. And now we've lost. We've lost Hooper, which um, is probably for the best, I think. Though, it just feels a shame with just how great he was and when he was on form and when he was playing well. And so, it was a partnership that picked itself. Like I think Fletcher and Hooper made sense on many levels, and. It, they were the kind of go-to partnership, which we don't have a go-to. I suppose we mm. don't have two up front at the moment, but um, having that kind of default setting is what, if if everybody's fit, these two play, it gives a bit of a pecking order to things. It gives mm. a bit of reassurance to those players. Because I, I, do, I do think there's a danger if you just go, oh, we've got loads of strikers so we can keep chopping and changing until something works. Yeah, you've got players that then are playing on the edge of well. If I don't score this or I don't do that, then I'm not going to get to play next week, and maybe I won't play for a month because there's all these different options. Mm. And maybe that's too much pressure to play under. I mean, scoring goals is that is the hardest thing to do in football because um, it seems most teams can defend, not everybody can score goals. So giving people what they need in order to score goals feels like that should be the job of the manager. And I assume part of that is a bit of reassurance that this is your place. You've, you've got it until, you know, until something crazy happens, it's your place. So go and go and take your chances. Have the shot. Don't miss. I'm not going to tell you off for missing a shot. Yeah. I definitely think, though, like I think for strikers, definitely, especially after this preseason, end of last season, and this game today, Fletcher for me is first name on the team sheet or for up front, basically he, for the strikers. At times, he just absolutely bullied those Espanol defenders. <laughs> yeah, two or there three was occasions where just kind of like, up play. There's yeah. one where he fed it. There's one where he just lovely just fed in, fed in reach. I think. And Reach had a yes. fairly tight shot at the keeper. It was a pretty tight uh, shot from that. Was a goal, wonderful. I mean, we're going on to the goals. The first goal. Yeah. Took what that. an absolute phenomenal cross from Bannon. Yeah. And a real quality header from Fletcher. That was real textbook. It was. Striker header. That's what you really want a striker to do. Um, who did the. Um, did you know who did the, that, the crossfield ball for Bannon, which was pretty exceptional as well? I'm not sure, actually. No, yeah, that was it. That was a lovely ball across. He had a bit of work to do to sort of control it and keep it in, but uh, it was still a good, uh, a good spot, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and the Bannon I, cross fizzing it in on the half volley was 
sumptuous, delicious. Yeah. I oh, agree Mr. with you that Mr. Fletcher Bannon, is... Mr. you are sorry. serving up a lovely cross. Delicious. Let's <laughs> carry on. Magnifique, Monsieur Magnifique. Bannon. Uh, uh, the, I agree. I think Fletcher is a natural first choice, and, and he's the sort of guy you can build around. Yeah, very much so. He's never been a big goal scorer. No, but I think he... Um... <laughs> We, I know we we're going to talk about predictions later. I, I think he can still go up a little bit of a gear, I think. Maybe. But even his big, his sort of big seasons, when everything is, everything was going his way, yeah. he's not a 20-goal guy. So it's, what do you, where do the goals come from? If, if Fletcher, if Stephen Fletcher's first choice striker... Where do the goals? Where are those other goals going to come from? Because he might get us ten, he might get us twelve. He's probably not going to get fifteen, eighteen. Mm. No, he's never a twenty-goal street season guy, is he? But I, I think he has more potential to be around the fifteen spot. I'm just looking. He's only ever got more than 10 goals in a season three times in his career. When was the, um, <clears throat> you know, his, um, his amazing season at Wolves? So he got 12 that year for Wolves. He got 10 the year before and 12 the next year. What was the year he was like one of the top scorers in the Premier League? Or... That was close. Wow. Presumably. Okay. I thought he. I thought he got around fifteen or fifteen to. I thought he got like eighteen in one season. But again, uh, this is pure, pure conjecture. No, so he got twelve in the Premier League and didn't score in any of the other competitions in 2011-2012. Um, he got twelve over overall the year before and the year before that. Um. So the most he's ever got in a season was 14, and that was in 2007, 2008 for Hibs. So that's my... I agree. I think he brings so much. So actually, sorry, just for Fletcher, his 16, 17, his his first season with us is one of the best years he's ever had as a goal scorer in his career. Seriously? Yeah. He got 11 goals in 41 appearances. I'm astonished. I'm really, really yeah. astonished. I, I'm surprised it's as low as that, but I'm also not. He he scores weird goals. He doesn't score easy chances. Yes, we mentioned he's the, this. He's yeah. the inverse of, of Jordan Rhodes. Yes. Which makes me wonder as well, if we're going to keep Rhodes, I feel like Rhodes and Fletcher's maybe maybe the starting top two partnership. For the beginning of the season. If we can keep legs around them, there's some yeah. chance there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think I think a lot of what Fletcher does is um it is work outside the box. He he's quite often coming into the box very late or he's yep. not got that he's a he's a Classic kind of, he's a centre-forward, not a striker. 
Mm-hmm. He does all the other work, but he's not. He's not built. He's not kind of like built with that kind of goal-getting mindset. Jordan Rhodes is like, okay, there's a winger. I need to be on that between that penalty spot and the six-yard line is exactly where I need to be. Yes, and that's my only job here. Very much the poacher. Yeah, yeah, which means that he kind of he's not involved in link-up play quite often. Mm. Whereas Stephen Fletcher is. I'm going to keep the ball moving. I'm going to feed players. I'm going to carry. I'm going to pull a defender away. I'm going to do, you know, whatever else. And then it's like, oh, yeah, if that cross is coming in, I'm probably the best guy to go ahead it. It's like the Mm. fourth or fifth thought for him. Um, So any any other sort of takeaways i thought kieran lee looked good which is really heartening yeah i was going to say as well one of the notes i felt lee lee i felt didn't look far off the pace of things i imagine it'll take him a bit longer to fully get into the swing of things he was sort he, he was blowing a bit half time wasn't he i think he, he probably, looks a lot sharper he's the sharpest we've seen him in a long time yeah you know which which bears really well um and that's that's a really interesting thing we think we talk about if we're missing bannon my natural think and uh, you know, it's still very much the mentality of like four four two because we're very basic, small brained, uh, football armchair pundits. Yeah. We like our football manager. We like our wingers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, and you know, we talked about the days of James O'Connor and McAllister where basically I think the mentality was, we're not really expecting any great creativity here. Just win the ball and get it out to people who can kind of cause some damage. And now if we look to have some wingers and we'll have some pace and if Odebaju plays further up the pitch, Kadeem Harris, uh, mm. reach maybe gets shifted out to the left or to the right, more to the left, I guess. Um, you know, we'd allow those people to have a bit of pace and a bit of creativity on the wings. So then that's, that's relying on more wing play and that's relying and hopefully feeding more into you know, the realm of what we'd kind of hope and expect from Jordan Rhodes. Yes. Fingers crossed. Shall Fingers we, crossed. Uh, so shall we naturally move into our, um, our sort of main focus for the day? It's, I'm very conscious we've spent nearly nearly an hour not not getting to the main focus of the episode, which is our, uh, that's what our we predictions. Do. That's what we do. That's what we do. We, that's, we our, that's our Lee Catamol. Kicking people in the middle of the park. That's our equivalent. That's what we do. Um, oh, do you want me to share some... Oh, well, I'll do this. I'll, uh, remind me at the end to share some interest, interesting statistics with you. Um, okay. It's going down. <laughs> so, do you want to tackle Wednesday season or look at the championship and then zero in on uh, on Wednesday first? How, how, let's, how, let's do the table as a whole and we'll hold, hone down in on the um, our beloved Owl's microcosm. Okay, sounds good. Love it. So, um, let's let's look at who we think might be for the chop at the bottom first. So we we said we were going to do now with less mid season chaff. Yes, we were going to do uh, the bottom three, and then we'll do the two teams with the next two teams that we think will stop up, and then going on to the promotion mix, we'll do the top six, and then we'll do seven and eight. So the teams that we think are just outside. Yep, works for me. Cool. So I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Rock bottom. Um, a team we've been circling for a while. 
And I think it's maybe kind of easy to think that they're probably maybe going to be bottom. I'm going to go for Wigan. I think okay. it might be the season that kind of gives up on them. Um, I think I think they feel like a little bit weaker this season, or at least the transfers I think they brought in. I know Powell's left. Powell's gone to Stoke. Yeah. Um, I think there's still been questions from the Wigan fans as to how much, as to how bothered he's been, I guess, in some okay. sense. I think there's been a bit of, but still losing a player like that, I don't think really goes well. They're a team who are, are kind of really at this level, and especially with kind of parachute payments drying out, they're kind of really seen as minnows for the second team, for the second tier. Yeah. And teams that, you know, they probably could go down and they could probably yo-yo between the second and third division. Unless unless some great things happen with some great managers. But I, I think they were pretty close and I think they'll be bottom. Okay. Um, moving on from there, 23rd berth, I've gone for Millwall. Millwall, a very kind of similar deal to Wigan in many, many ways. And I think some of the things I've said about Wigan, I can apply to Millwall. Um, yeah. Neither, neither of them are in my my sort of drop zone, but um, interesting. I, but I, I would I, say, can I? I'll just finish off with mine, shall yeah. I? Yeah. Twenty second, Birmingham. I think Birmingham are screwed. Yeah. Um, losing, you know, they still have a bit of financial fair play issues. They're a little bit similar to us, though. I'd uh, I'd like to think we're hell of a lot better than Birmingham. I really dislike Birmingham. I'm sorry. <laughs> I. I get confused with cities and places and areas that have so many teams, and I just, they just they're very uninspiring to me. I, I don't like them very much at all. Anyway, regardless of that, I think for them losing Jota, uh, Shea Adams, and Michael Morrison, I think having yeah. those three leave is that's some real damage to the spine of a team. I, I don't think they've really signed anyone that's really going to kind of cover that area. Then maybe if they're in still. You know, similar issues of uh, Umbongo issues previously. They had Umbongo issues last season. Um, it's in a bad place. The next two berths, the people who I think will just stop up, I think Charlton will have enough momentum from coming up, and I think they'll also be slightly less worse than the bottom Slightly three. less worse, though. Slightly less worse, uh, I think they've made, like I think they've made one or two half decent cheap signings for their, their things. So I think they'll be okay. And then twentieth, another team that are always circling around the bottom, Reading. I think yeah. they'll I think they'll just do enough to keep up. I've got Reading in twentieth too. <laughs> well, there we go. That's it, a perfect I... perfect segue. <laughs> we could segue from mine, and then you could reverse, and you can go. Ooh, okay. You could. Do a, you could I'll do the top of the top top of the pops. 24th to 20th in the charts, which is a big popular thing in Top of the Pops, as we all know. Especially as it's no longer a thing, so I can just yes. make that up. And you'll do the reverse Top of the Pops. Which is less, to... less popular. <laughs> but but equally relevant. I mean, it's the same information, you know? Um, I, I think, broadly, I think the table kind of breaks into... I think everything past 12th sort of falls away to any one of the teams beyond that could well be the one that ends up getting or one of the ones that gets relegated or they could be one of the ones that gets lucky and stays up i think there's a it feels like a kind of a, a sort of chasm between the two and then everybody 12th and above 
could probably be in the fight for fifth and sixth place potentially. Completely, just, and I depending think that's... on how how seasons go, just by the nature of the championship. But um, so yeah, twentieth, same as you. I've got Reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Charlton in twenty first. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> but we have different. Bo- but there's yeah, difference but, in the bottom. But I've, got, I've got different teams maybe going down. Interesting. Um, but it's for similar reasons, really. Yeah, Reading are another one of these ones that just feel like they're bumping along the bottom, and at some point they're gonna they're gonna go down the plug hole. Um, mm. I think Millwall, Hull, yeah, Wigan, Birmingham—they're all in that kind of bracket. I think Huddersfield might be one of those teams that goes down twice in a row. Ooh, um, I think Hot they lost their kind of visionary. I—I I, I actually didn't. I wasn't on board the Wagner love train. Um, I mean, the the team, the, the was, only team in history, was really good with and... a negative goal difference. Really, for me, told the whole story of his sort of management style. I mean, the fact he gets mentioned yeah. in the same breath as Klopp is hilarious um, because yeah. they could not be more different in the way that they manage their teams. I mean, one is is full of verve and attacking style and never taking your foot off the pedal. And the other one is just the, the deepest, dourest pragmatism imaginable. Um, anyway, that's, by the way, I think just getting absolutely pumped every single week in the Premier League, it's so hard to pick players up again. They've also lost a couple of their they're going to lose Billings, it looks like. They might lose another one or two. So I think the best of their players are going to get taken from them. Whether they replace like for like, I don't know. I presume they're probably going to do what they did previously and replace those fairly established talents with young players. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think maybe they won't get relegated, but I think they're going to struggle. They'll have a similar struggle to a kind of Stoke um, had last year. Uh, it, I just think it's so hard to turn a ship around that has been, in their case, a record-breakingly bad uh, ship the year before. <laughs> um, there's a lot of holes to plug and a lot of egos to massage and, and all the rest of it. Um, you've also got players that are sat there thinking, why wasn't I the one that was... Why wasn't I one of the ones that was picked up by a Premier League team? Did I not... You know, am I not good enough? Yes. Um Luton, I think, are in a similarly tricky position. Again, having lost lost quite a big influence in their manager. Um, they're not guaranteed to go down, but I put them in that bracket. And then finally, um, our, our South Yorkshire rivals, um, Barnsley, I think will, will probably Barnsley. struggle again. Because they are what you talked about Wigan potentially being. They are classically that team that they're either top of the league one or they are scraping along the bottom of the championship and they seem to be yeah just going maybe they get an extra year staying up maybe they don't (laughs) so that i i went ahead and um i I went ahead and did a whole table before rich burst my bubble and say (laughs) um let's not do that that's kind of boring so That's fair. That's fair. That's well. That's I said. Good. I said even I don't care who I've put in seventeenth place, which I do stand by. <laughs> Preston, by okay. the way. 
Uh, no, Blackburn, <laughs> Blackburn are my 17th. Oh. Michael Barnsley at 18th. Again, I think all the promoted sides, I've gone with like, um, I've gone 18th, 19th, and 21st for Barnsley, Luton, and Charlton, respectively. So they're, they're kind of trading on that momentum of going up. Yes. But I, I don't think maybe one of the better teams are Luton, but I also kind of see your mentality as well. I think they're. Yeah, I can't see them pulling up huge amounts of trees. No. In this league, even with some great kind of footballing philosophy. Um, are we doing. Do we want to just do like promotion uh, all as a one piece, or do you want to do play, pick off playoffs first, or pick off autos first? Let's pick off autos, playoffs, and then two misses. Okay. Top two misses. So. Who, uh, do you want me to go th- with who I think will be top two? Yes, please do. I think we're going to have some interesting um, <laughs> yeah. contrasts to this. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to steal your uh, your shine here and, and go second and first um, just to build that huge amount of uh, excitement. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think West Brom might be second. Okay, okay. And I think Fulham uh, potentially sort of runaway leaders. Mm. Which is weird because I've sort of... They didn't have a season that was much better <laughs> than Huddersfield's. Uh, but I think for a few reasons, I expect Fulham to do quite well. I think that they were a, they were a particularly good championship side when it went up. Um, and maybe had some growing to do. Uh, I think they made some good additions afterwards, although it didn't yes. really work in the in the Premier League. Yeah, but they are players that I would expect to do quite well once they come they come back down to the Championship, and they've held on to their kind of star talents in people like Kearney. Um, so if, if it clicks, they're going to be they're going to be the team to beat, I think. But. Uh, it might not. It might. It, there's a lot of things at stake, and a lot of things, mm. a, a lot of moving parts to this. But that's my that's my presumption. So I went with uh, number two spot Leeds. I think they're going to kick on a little bit more this year. Um, I feel maybe a little bit incredulous about that, but I, I, I think they'll just edge second. I think the the two the few sign a couple of signings they've made, I think are really good. Is that and a, a similar kind of covering for your sadness that i think so yeah yeah it is very much it's very much like uh betting against wednesday it's one of those things yeah i think so and then um when i'm grossly wrong about all these predictions which i hopefully will be then i won't feel so bad about it so there we go uh number one same as you fulham okay um i like the new i really like the new signings knockouts fantastic yeah have you seen the awful knockout chest tattoo by the way no, no. <laughs> when I was look, I was is looking that at someone like, with Knockhart on their chest, or is it Knockhart? Oh no, sorry, Knockhart's chest. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh... It's um, it's like a young boy, and then like an old man. <laughs> so I think it's some some parental father thing. I'm reckoning. Oh. And then there's like him in the middle, like doing a little. You know that the um. 
it looks a bit like he's doing the iPhone uh, salute emoji. You know, the two hands, the two like inverse L's, the L and the inverse L. That one. It's um. So there's there's different stages of it here. On uh, he's got a random old man who maybe is his dad on one side. <laughs> I'm guessing so. <laughs> Unless I it's think it big... might be Bob Monkhouse. He's got he's a big he was a big blockbuster. Uh, now it's a guy smoking. So he's got a guy smoking a cigar. Uh, an old dude with glasses smoking a cigar on his left peck. Um. Quite a lot of writing underneath that. His left peck are right, right, Rich? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it from his perspective, as he does every day when he looks down and thinks, you know, what a great job I did here. And then, yes, (laughs) quite a creepy young child on his uh, on the opposite peck. Um, There's nothing more in the middle. That's this is what's a shame here. There's nothing more secure or a great idea than having a picture of a child tattooed on you. (laughs) <laughs> I just I, I can't see how it would go wrong really well the good thing is that children never get older and <laughs> they <laughs> they will never end up looking completely different from that picture of them and um, they're like they're like pets is that what you're saying yeah they're exactly the same from the moment you you you, you have them to the moment that they um, yeah uh, yeah, that's. I feel I feel bad... at liberty to talk in a problematic fashion about a tattoo that is problematic. Yeah, it's very strange. Anyway, I I don't know what he thought about it's, that. It's not quite love made out of guns and hand grenades that uh, formerly of this uh, this uh, parish Jay Bothroyd had, but it is pretty terrible. What role did Mr. Bothroyd play in the parish, Rich? Um, oh, okay. Sorry, I've just... Oh, I've got the full glory now. This has taken a little bit of a look. So it's him in his shirt, and then a kind of maybe Jesus coming down to visit him, having scored his goal. Oh, wow. That is a special tattoo. It is. Um, what, and I thought it's hilarious that, like... Play? Yeah, sorry. I, I just imagine sort of... Um, just just general sort of gossiping behind people's back, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. not not an official role, but kind of treated himself with a, se- a sense of self importance. That's, uh, that's very accurate. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd, 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 I'd. I just thought it was hilarious that I was looking at like an article about you know it was a it was one of these championship. I, was, I wanted to see what other people were thinking in terms of table predictions, and mm. then like. It's like Fulham, this sign, Anthony Knockout, and that, and there's a picture of him with his shirt off, and I'm like, there are better pictures you can use, surely. Yeah. So it's, it's very strange. But anyway, so Fulham assigned him. He's a fantastic player. He makes better decisions on the pitch than off the pitch. His tattoo choice, as we decided. <laughs> and is it Cavallero from uh, from Wolves? That's going to come in. Yes. Yeah. That's a pretty decent signing. And Leeds have got Costa as well, Helder Costa. That's a good signing. That's a good signing. Well, Leeds... Leeds I have just missing out, so I have them in third. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Do you want to just John do your third? Let's let's do the, let's bat these back. We'll do the well. runway. Okay, third, and then I've gone. So we've just done an old switcheroo on second and third. I've gone West Brom. Okay. okay. So I said improvement on last year, but I think they'll just miss out. Okay. Yep. And um, I, I'm not sure about that West Brom team. You know, I'm not sure about the squad. I think it's. There's a few players pretty who are pretty old now. There's a few very old players. How old is Mr. Former, formerly of the parish? Brunter. 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 <laughs> Brunter. <laughs> yeah, what do, you think about what Brunt did in the parish, and then I'll uh, I'll look up how old he is. Okay. <laughs> so similarly to your um, great love of uh, JJ. He, uh, Chris Brunt was an absolute shining light of a pretty miserable first season back in the championship. And, uh, yep. And the fact we made a decent profit on him as well, really. Uh, mm. Nothing but good things, uh, in my memory of, of Chris Brunt. What a guy. Uh, 34 years old. So he's ancient, like, uh, like you and me. Born in 1984. I love the fact that Lee Bullen used to call him Beavis. That was a good one. That was good. Um, I love the fact that he's a player who eats jelly babies for energy at half time. Perfect. I'd love all players who would have a bit of spice during uh, during the break. <laughs> and I think he'd be like, I think he'd just be like the just a just an incredibly polite, young, delightful page boy who. Uh, is Very nice. everybody everybody thinks is great. There we go. Yeah. Chris Brunt. Slip him a quid or two. Exactly. So you can buy some of them jelly babies. Keep some of them jelly up. babies. Keep the uh get the uh <coughs> get him off the um the shops shop's own brand jelly babies. Oh yeah. Do you know Haribo um there's a Haribo shop uh, has opened up in uh Cheshire Oaks and they do they do squidgy babies. Which is their jelly baby um, consistency, but backed with the white sort of thing that you get on the back of hearts. And it's okay. It's okay. the best Haribo thing. I, 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 that's my declaration. It's the best thing Haribo do, and you don't get them anywhere apart from this shop, as far as I'm aware. Squidgy babies. Squidgy babies. That might, that might be the title of the show. Uh, <laughs> I want, I'm really intrigued by this Haribo shop. This sounds pretty amazing. It's great. It's always packed as well. I think it might be the future of retail. It's just treating everybody like children. Just really high-end candy shops by, <laughs> yeah, yeah. by reputable, um, reputable sugar pushers, Haribo. Yeah. All... All um, done from their headquarters in Pontefract. Ooh. Um, oh, I do like a Pontefract cake, Rich. Oh, who doesn't? So, do you want to do your fourth? Fourth, I've gone with Bristol City. Um, Bristol City, you know, they're a team who obviously have been improving year on year. Yeah. So I, I think they're really going to get there. And, and I think the model is working. It's a bit of a slow burn for them. Um, but, you know, just just shifting these seemingly young players who I've never heard on, on for sizable profit and then just go and buy some more. It seems to be really working. There's, so they is, sold, is it Liam Kelly? They sold. 
for yeah. like heft, hefty money. And um, I know there's different expectations for us as a club as Wednesday, but uh, I'm really envious of that model. I think it just it doesn't leave us constantly in this hole of FFP and wondering what we're going to do this season and then the season after that. Well, what it's... you're forgetting is that Dep John Tansiri is Peggy Mitchell, and it's all about the family. We don't sell. We told. We talked about this. We don't sell our children. Not for you know. Not for cheap. We might sell our children if we get given enough money, but we don't sell them for cheap. Oh. If only we'd flipped Forestieri on for like twelve million when we, you know, if we could have. Yeah. No. It's a, it's. It, you're absolutely right. That that model is how you work in the championship. I think is you take enough gambles on, but like educated gambles on young players on the cusp enough mm. of them will be good enough that you've then got a, a, a whopping great resale value and you can invest in the next batch of nearlies gremlins to the next batch the new batch <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you, you get enough money to pay for the budget of that that get, get yourself some more mogwais yeah young english um, academy mogwais <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, Cardiff, I've got in fourth. Interesting. Okay, I, I think they'll just be able to kind. Of, it's basically the team that got promoted. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> Neil Warnock's an absolute specialist at getting teams out of the championship. He's an, he's a specialist of getting them out of the Premier League as well. But um, they're different <laughs> ends of the table. <laughs> It's like a switch. Whichever one you're there is going to get you to the next one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, again, going back to, um, we were talking previously about, uh, you know, archaic managers who still kind of um, go to our old kind of 4 4 football manager sensibilities. But I must say, the thing I like about Neil Warnock is a similar thing to Steve Bruce, is that he's a man who likes pace in his, t- in his squads. Yeah, absolutely. And he's and never he's... met a striker that he wouldn't give five minutes at the end of a game to. <laughs> <clears throat> I seemingly remembered when he managed United, they had like six or seven strike. Like, oh yeah, you want to give yourself some options. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, fifth place. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, hadn't, I hadn't noticed that I'd done this, but um, this is a bit of a. Um, South Wales uh, lockdown on these positions. I've gone for Swansea. Wow. It's a bit of a... uh, I mean, to the same extent, I'd say everybody sort of 10th and above could easily Mm. be be a playoff team. That's true. That's true. Uh, But I I just... Yeah, I think Swansea... they They might pull it together. There might be enough of those things go that go their way um they've had a bit mm. of money to spend they've spent a bit of it they've not spent all of it so they've got the potential to maybe make those key additions in january that kind of push you from being also runs to uh to finishing at the top of the table i can tell you you're not sold on that one no i've put them somewhere else what about, uh, so who's your? Who've you got in fifth place? Uh, fifth place, similar model to Bristol. I'm going with the other BR Brentford. Oh, okay. 
So I think they'll finally have a consistent season. I mean, I think they've... But Brentford seem to just have... Uh, you know, Bristol, I think, have just been going up the gears. Brentford previous years have just been seemingly selling players just to kind of really just stay financially viable, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, they're a small club. They're placed in London where there's like 20 million other clubs around them. And, you know, they have a small ground, etc. You know, I, I kind of get it. And it's an expensive league to be in. Um, but um, I think I've just been a bit surprised with some of the signings they made. I think them signing Janssen from Leeds was incredibly interesting. Mm. For five, five and a half million. You know, and, and they're just obviously just doing the same thing. I'm sure they've sold... Should have sold some more kind of young players for mega bucks. Yeah, Janssen we've seen have good games against us and some really shoddy games as well. He's uh, he's got a penchant for a clanger, hasn't he? Yeah, he's really been made to look very, very pedestrian by our rarely scintillating attack a few times. Mm. I, I, certainly, I wouldn't feel excited if we'd spent that kind of money on that that player. But who knows? It might work out. They're one of those clubs that seems to get away with gambles like that in, in a way that we, we never do. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. We always seem to have the Francis Jeffers uh, route with our, our gambles. Well, you know, it didn't work at all and it cost a lot of money. So um, good gamble. Worth it. Worth the try. I think this will be the season where I think they break the, break the top six. Okay. Um, I also just want to mark, I'm just on transfer marked and um, <laughs> did you, I don't know if you've noticed this they have the summaries squad size 23 average age 24,2 which I imagine is two months uh, okay. foreigners foreigners 50 wow <laughs> this feels a transfer mark this feels a bit xenophobic <laughs> Which is 60, 65.2% of the squads. That seems a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, foreigners, as they put it. And they sold concerts of Villa. This is, this is, I think this is what we need. We need, I think we really need to have a manager who gets high profile and then goes somewhere else. And then they still have a fascination with their old players. And they can come back and sign them for hugely inflated prices. So we're waiting for Bruce to come in for who? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen now, Rich. I'm just saying in the future it should happen. £10 million for Lil Joey. Oh, that would be amazing. Well, (laughs) this is kind of, this is going along your lines of, um, you know, the football manager, you know, the championship manager getting two clubs and uh, yeah, just just ferrying players. And like It's another uh, way to do it. Like uh, like you're trafficking uh, sex workers. <laughs> exactly. Like, that is the only exactly, example as well. Exactly so it's, like that. That's why it's good. So I need to ask you when you talked about Swansea. So I was looking at this and I was like, I know they had Graham Potter and he, he moved on to Brighton. And I think that was a bit of a blow for Swansea. Yes. Um, Steve Cooper. What can you tell me about Steve Cooper? Not seems very you're much. A, seems you're a man with a, a Welsh connection. Not very much, but Swansea's always been a team that they're a bit like... Um, I remember uh, Southampton, uh, is it Les Reed? Um, 
he sort of said, we've always got the next three managers kind of in mind. Right. And Swansea have always been a team that's done that as well. So uh, I don't know. I, I think generally they've done, they've done quite well more often than they've done. Right. Probably. Although he doesn't have much of a record anywhere. Um, I don't know. I, I find the pot, the Potter thing was strange. Cause I think he, I don't know how well he did. Um, I mean, that Swansea team that we played, I couldn't believe when I looked at the table after playing them at Hillsborough late in the season that they were pretty much in the same position as us in that they were well, they were, I think they were tr- pushing for playoffs. Uh, they looked unbelievably bad. So as a kind of spoiler, like in, when we talk about top eight, Swansea aren't even on in mine. I put them as 13th because I just said that they're having, they're having this cloth-cutting season. They're having a moment. They, yeah, you're, you're probably right. You're the, probably right. I don't know. I, I don't know because I mean, they, I think they, I think they, they did underperform quite savagely last year with the yeah, talent. But I, they I had. think, unlike some of those, some of the other teams, they've got they they've got rid of a lot of the kind of expensive underperforming guys. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so sixth place, I've got Bristol City, uh, who we've talked about <laughs> already. Um, Anything else you want to say about Bristol? No, same, same sort of reasons, really. I think yeah, they're, they're a kind of they've been pushing and pushing, and I think they'll they'll be over the line this time. Um, and probably a good shout for maybe winning the playoffs because. I think quite often a team that doesn't the big teams that can just miss out I don't mean big teams um, but they kind of the teams that are throwing mega bucks at it and just miss out ha- sometimes have an air of well we'll we're supposed to go up um, and yeah fail yeah to grab the moment um, my sixth place squeakers goes to uh, Nottingham Forest okay. So I guess it was the interesting thing. They splashed the castle last, last year. They've seemingly become another toy of uh, Mr. Jorge Mendes. Oh, yeah. Portuguese super agents. Um, so they're seeming... And then last year, it just did not go well at all for them. They were terrible. Oh. And then they brought in, <laughs> brought in O'Neill to just completely blot his copybook and just... That was such an odd move. It was. It was completely. At the time, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to go terribly. And I yeah. I really also would not want Roy Keane anywhere near my football club in any capacity. No, no. I don't know. With the constant hair dryers, um, I don't know how many psychotherapists you'd need on in your... Um, <laughs> In your football club to deal with just, I feel like I'd just be just have like every piece of me taken out by Roy Keane. Like it'd just be like if I was made out of Lego bricks, and you know I lost like three Lego bricks every day when I'd just go into a train session with Roy Keane. I think it would just absolutely destroy him as a human being. Yeah, um, I don't really see his value. <laughs> so you can probably gather. 
so that was incredibly strange. But I think the signings that they made, um, I think they will, and they'll improve. Yeah, I, I yeah, I can see them. I can absolutely see them being up there. Um, so neither of us have Sheffield Wednesday in the top six. Yes. Uh, where do you have Sheffield Wednesday? Should we just finish off and do the top two missing out, seventh and eighth? I've got, what, for me, Wednesday in eighth. Okay. I've gone Cardiff and Derby for seventh and eighth. Okay. I've got Derby in seventh as, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think Derby will be just off. I'll they're try sort of perennially. These ones. Yeah. They're perennially just in or just out of the playoffs, aren't they? That's yeah. I, I think Cardiff have made a couple of nice signings, but I think they'll have a bit of a hangover. I think they'll just miss out. Mm-hmm. Where's Derby? Derby is just outside of the playoffs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got I've got Wednesday in eighth. Uh, where I, do you have Wednesday? I have Wednesday in ninth. Okay. I just um I think with our kind of haphazard start to things, I, I always hope for the best, uh, but I. I don't have a gut feeling that we're going to be we're going to be right up there. Um, there's potential that we might put some sort of run together at some stage in the season and and be in the conversation, but I, I can't I can't see anything other than us just just missing out, unfortunately. Um, and in some ways, just missing out would be would be quite a good season in some uh, by some measures, even though it's frustrating. Because we could just as easily be in a conversation a bit lower down as well, potentially. Yeah. I think that we're just... Uh, it's just, I think it's... With all of this, it's it's like... Obviously, it's a championship and anyone can beat anybody. But it all comes down to levels of it, consistency. And um, I just, I don't think we'll be that consistent. And you're guaranteed to get an injury or two. Uh, and ours tend to happen to the worst players. Um, as yep. you say, centre-back in particular is is a real worry. Um, because at the moment, the thought of having Lees out for a period of time is is really highlights a big weakness. We don't know how good Borner is going to be. Uh, no, we don't. Fingers crossed, and we're hoping. Yeah, but we're very hopeful. For we we had our fingers crossed, and we were very hopeful for Van Aken, and that went terribly. So, yeah. and if Borna fails, or if one of those two gets injured, then we're falling back on some pretty ropey uh, standards. And it, then there's a question of, um, yeah, we really need to make a, a really a really decent signing in centre back. Yeah, Michael Hector would make things feel a lot more comfortable back there. I would love Hector to sign. Whether he will or whether he can massage that one. Yeah, I also wouldn't mind seeing him as a holding player on the odd occasion. Oh, I loved him as a holding. Yeah, just him just pinging balls around. So he kind of, uh, yeah, he kind of fixes two 
holes although there is that potential you can you do that when you go like oh that player can play three positions so he can play this he can play right back center back and left back and he but the thing is there's only one of him so you can only do one of those at a time <laughs> so he does cover a couple of bases which is, is helpful we probably still need specific players to to fill that gap in the defensive midfield as well but it, it's nice that we've got another option there if he joins would be very lovely Mm. Um, so you sort of hinted at this before, but in terms of a, a top scorer for Wednesday, you mm-hmm. think Fletcher probably. Fletcher's going to reach the dizzy heights of fourteen goals. Lordy, um, he's going to get a nosebleed at some making point. It, of making it feel like goals. it's two thousand seven, two thousand eighteen again, <laughs> when he just had his first hair transplant. <laughs> Oh dear! I looked at Fletcher's hair today, and it's a Bannon's hair, and I'm like, I don't know. I yeah. At what point know. can they ask for uh, their money back? I don't know. Um, top score. It's so it's so hard to say. It, um, if Forestieri decides to turn up, I mean, potentially we've got the, a saving grace of our season might be last year of his contract, Forestieri. If he yes, if yes, he improves by the same percentage that Atty Nui improved in the last year of his contract, we will have a hell of a player on our hands. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> like a we'll world dervish of goals. We'll have a player pr- like akin to his first season, where he was yeah phenomenal. I mean, we do talk about flipping players and stuff, but like. There would be a very sad. It would have been a very sad day for Wednesdayites had we have sold Forestieri at that point in time. Yes. Unfortunately, he had to get another contract. Had to throw a shop about it, and then, you know, seemingly pick up a really big injury as well. So, yeah, but I, I do the the thing I think about uh, Fernando is. Um, if it is last last year of the contract and he wants to play for another contract or a move elsewhere, now is a phenomenal time to do that. Yeah. So, so I th- I think I think Forestieri will be top scorer this year. Um, I know that's a big gamble on his fitness, but I think he'll play enough um, to 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 probably see himself past Fletcher. Um, okay. Player, uh, of, the player of the season. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with it's the um, sideshow greasy Bob. Um, <laughs> it's the Adam Reach show. It always is. Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. Adam Reach is the pizza of Sheffield Wednesday. Even when he's bad, he's pretty good. Nice. Yes. Though I, I use that term. There's also the thing about saying like pizza. You know, there's also it's like sex. Even when it's bad, it's pretty good. There's, there is bad sex, and there's also bad pizza. There's harrowing pizza. There is harrowing pizza, yeah. <laughs> Some really, really bad pizza. I remember having, I went to university in Leicester. We used to order a pizza from a place called Prima Pizza. I guess. And um, you'd get buy one, get one free on like 15-inch pizzas. This is when like getting a 15-inch pizza was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. This was the early noughties. And um, you'd had to eat it so quickly because if you let it go cold, the cheese seemed to turn to some type of plastic. Oh, yeah. Some kind of molten explosive plastic. Um, 
But it was buy one get one free on fifteen inch pizzas. So you'd pay like twenty quid to giant pizzas, and you were starving students, and you were hungry. So pizza can be terrible. Um, even saying that, though, Adam Reach, even when even when it's bad, Adam Reach is still pretty good. Adam Reach. Yeah, I th- I think Reach is a is a is an absolutely absolute fine uh, prediction on that front, um, and I think I go I go along with it. I think you're right. I think. Um, Reach for player of the season. How do you think we'll do? Um, we should have them, them bring in another prediction, which is uh, um, should we do a reach worldy prediction? Oh, how many? How how many or against? How two? many screamers <laughs> will rather reach score? Well, he got he had a lovely little purple patch, didn't he, last year, where he got sort of four or five in quite short succession. Mm. Um, I think we're probably well. That's probably a fairly dependable number. I think he'll score five beautiful goals. Five beautiful um, goals at various and stages. Then, and then how many? Like what? Three, three or four? Bundle, yeah, bundle another three. Um, two merely good goals. Yes. Yeah. Just, See, if we say that, then we're, we're getting him to double figures. Almost. Yeah. yeah, he's he's there. Yeah, he's there or thereabouts. He must have been close to that last year. He got eight last year, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. And which is pretty good. And then how many is is reaches incredible for assists? Yes. Which annoyingly nobody seems to sort of recognize capture in the same way which is um frustrating Mm. it's like like they don't know what us so okay he scored last season he scored three games running he scored against barnsley millwall and aston villa in a run um and then it was a little bit further away oh wait uh have i gone back too far i have gone back too far don't listen to that me i was wrong yeah, so it's Leeds, West Brom, and then a game he didn't score against Bristol City, but he did score against Borough, and then um, yeah, he got uh, apparently nine goals in total. Maybe that's one in the cup. Uh, may well be. I think it probably is because in the championship he got Sunderland. eight goals. He scored seven against Sunderland assists. in the cup. There you go. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, the the game against Sunderland. I forgot about that one. Yeah. But yeah, that, I, I'd expect the same sort of thing out of him. I think he's consistent. He play. He's always fit, which is fantastic. It's an absolute revelation for a Sheffield Wednesday team that's uh, <laughs> yeah. played with uh, played with injuries. Um. So yeah, I, I yeah, I'd expect a pretty similar season, but hopefully in a slightly sunnier picture overall for Wednesday. I really hope so. I really hope so. Um, do you think that's us? I think that's it for the predictions. Yeah, so that's we're predicting kind of like a higher mid table, just missing out. You know, I'm sure at some point we'll probably think we're in the mix of the playoffs, but if, if things go according to how we think, we'll be just outside. Yes. Um, we we've got a email address. 
differentgravypod at gmail.com. Um, we're also on Twitter at gravy underscore pod. Uh, so if you've got your own predictions or any um, sort of questions or comments you'd like to make, please get in touch with us. It'd be nice to hear from from the folks uh, listening to the uh, the podcast. I'd want to say as well, I just want to say thank you for all the incredibly kind and sweet things that people have said. Uh, Rich and I have been absolutely bowled over with the reception and the people listening and the numbers of downloads has been fantastic. So thank yeah. you, everybody. We feel that in true Wednesday fashion that this is um, this is a bit like a 2-0 lead, so it's a nightmare lead. So Rich and I think we'll probably we'll probably mess it up in some great fashion at some point. You know, a 2-0, when you're 2-0 up, a number of things can happen, Rich. You can either draw the game or lose the game. Yes, really. Those are the only things. Lose a possibly. game to any great spectrum as well. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for everyone who's listening. Hopefully, we don't screw it up quite so badly sometime soon. But thank you. Do you want my little statistics to to finish? I do. Finish I did make a up. note about this, and I, I have it here. Interesting perspective stat from Rich. Okay, so apparently, twelve um, percent of all podcasts only have one episode. Interesting. A further 6% only have two. So with this third issue, we are, um, we're ahead of 18% of our potential peers. This is, I mean, Uh, what a, what a life. Um, so with that, I'm going to say cheerio. Thanks Rich. Have a good one. You too. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. Thank you.